G'day everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Work Experience Podcast. This is another one of our Round the Block series, which you guys have really warmed to, and I've found actually a real delight in preparing. Uh, the idea being that whilst most of us are still not commuting, uh, we are walking around the block, and so we are pleased to be able to join with you on these short walks, good for our health, physical and mental, but we want to stimulate the brain a little bit as well and have these important conversations. Now, speaking of conversations, ever since lockdown kicked off, the church has been talking around the world. Churches and church leaders have been talking about the shift to digital church, and now with uh, re-emergence on the horizon, there is a lot of banter going on about how the church will behave and look in this new new world. It uh, feels like we're in about our third or fourth new world of 2020. And here at the podcast, we want to be part of the conversation. Now, think pieces are when someone normally blogs about uh, their opinion, puts it out on the web, and then inevitably people tear it apart. And perhaps uh, think pieces about COVID-19 and the church are the real pandemic. That and uh, new podcasts, uh, leave it to the professionals, kids. We know what we're doing. There's enough of them already. But I've, uh, I've been guilty of publishing a few uh, think pieces. I wrote a couple of letters to the church and to families. And suitably, people uh, tore them apart. But uh, I take an active interest in what thought leaders, community and church leaders are thinking. And one crossed my path last week that actually lit up my soul, that I agreed with, that breathed life into my spirit. It just so happened it was written by our buddy Malk. And so I thought I'd get him on the podcast and we would go around the block and talk with our friend Malk. Malk, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Braden, it's good to be on. I thought I was going to get skipped this season, but I've managed to slide my way in. Uh, wouldn't be a work experience podcast season without you, buddy. <laughs> now, today we are talking about sort of lockdown think pieces. And yes. You authored one that actually um, I wanted to chat about. So thanks for coming. Right. Uh, we're going to walk around the block. So um, we're not here for a long time, but we are here for a good time. Mm. And uh, friends, the full article is going to be posted uh, on the show page at workxpc.com, or you can just head to ucapulse.org.au and Malk, uh, you called it the Radical Reset and I just want to mm. uh, read the opening line. Please. Ever since restrictions were put in place that meant we couldn't meet as we were used to, there's been people starting to talk about using this pandemic as an opportunity for the church to reset as opposed to simply returning to how we've been doing things. We do need a reset, though not though it's not as simple as most commentators are suggesting. What do you mean, Malk? Talk us through it. For all of the conversation that comes around this, this reset opportunity, Braden, and I think it's, it's honestly a recognition that we all know we've never seen this before. Um, certainly in my lifetime, and I think probably in most of the people that are alive's lifetime, uh, you know, church still even existed during war times. You know, so it's still pushed on. Because we've stopped meeting together, we found other ways to meet. That's great. When we come back, when we have the opportunity to meet together again and together, um, 
we, I think we risk missing what is an absolutely incredible opportunity for us to re to think again about how we particularly engage young people within the life of that gathering uh, and church as a whole. And, yeah. and if we take it the opportunity for a radical reset, we get to be inclusive. We get to value young people. We get to engage them, not just in the conversation, but engage them in leading us uh, and, and thinking about a, um, a new way forward where, but we always do church like this is no longer the answer. Yeah. No, I really like that you um, that you named some of those excuses and responses that we're going to get. I, I really mm-hmm. appreciated them. And for some, obviously, they're probably going to hit a little too close to home. Uh, sure. But you're exactly right that uh, we can already see signs of uh, resistance. And there does seem to be this sort of really disappointing uh, move about that, oh, won't it be great just to get back to the way things were? Yeah. Uh, as if we're in denial of how bad things actually were. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because, and, and I think we're hearing that, won't it be great for us to get back together? We're, we're hearing that from, obviously, people who miss gathering, you know, with, with their church community. Um, however, when, you know who we're not hearing that from? Young people. Yeah. We're not having them go, oh, it'll be great when we can get back and have a, a slice of Beryl's cake or Mavis's. Um, you know, tea, as lovely as those things are, that's not the important thing for them. And I think it speaks to a disconnect where while we absolutely value young people within the life of our church, we don't live the valuing of them. You know, it's nice to be able to say we have a youth group. Um, However, if we were to petition, um, you know, some of the, the older saints within our congregations, they could probably maybe tell you two of the kids' names. <laughs> and they're their grandchildren. Yeah, if that. Now, what I liked uh, as well in this piece as we go through is um, not only was it sort of slings and arrows at the status quo and those that want to assume control when we resume, mm. but that you uh, you gave a framework and and the framework is familiar to regular listeners, this growing young framework out yep. of Fuller. Uh, but I thought we might, might be fun to talk a bit, a bit about that. Um, sure. In the, in the month of green screens, we're going back to the green book. Yeah. Um, for growing young. And those what a season. What a season. Everyone's got a green screen, right? <laughs> Very few are made from paper and cardboard, but... Oh, they're the ones that will last. That's atypical oh, wow. church. Yeah. What do you like? How do you imagine those strategies, those core values? Um, mm-hmm. How do you see them as the framework if we were to press the reset button? Mm-hmm. Um, which, and I mean, you, you're an IT guy. For me, the closest I got was when my, you know, when the uh, N64, you know, wouldn't work or whatever, or there was dust in yep. it, and you just had to pr- button bash everything until it would reconnect and stuff. Yeah. Um, is it as is it as simple as forgetting what we've done and using those six strategies as the sort of stepping stones to reemerge? Oh, look, only if um, everybody undergoes, you know, drinking the same uh, Kool-Aid and, and resetting their brains at the same time. You know, I think there's a yeah. lot of emotional and historical investment in who we are as church. Uh, and it's why that, it's that investment is why we haven't 
you know, been able to really make some difference or, or cut some edges that allow and welcome young people into the life of church. They always still get put aside or you've got youth group or, you know, this is our service. We do it the way we like. You can have your service later. Um, just by the way, I miss my N64. Something horrid. Mate, I've got I one in the love... cupboard. Just up here on the shelf. Oh, I, I, I think it vanished because I lost the controllers and then something. And so I just went, oh, it's no point keeping it. I wish I had so desperately. I found um, the problem is that uh, finding yeah. a telly that takes the uh, red, yellow, Composite white plug-in connector. Yeah. 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 Anyway, right. the, like, back to the important digressing. How good was Mario Kart on the 64? How old are we right now? Donkey Kong <laughs> Country 64, Mario Kart 64, GoldenEye. Mm, oh, welcome to Gold Games Night. Chat. And you weren't allowed to be odd job. That was no. like cheating. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, 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 re, I'm really lucky, Braden, because within the Pulse team that I work with as a, in, in the New South Wales ACT Synod, we're going all in with the, 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 the Green Book and the understanding of how growing young uh, is a transformative piece of work for, for a congregation or a church as a whole. Um, so it's not an it's not an on off switch. As much as a reset button is just bang, we do it. Um, this we have to then start to think of time slowing to a point where it nearly stops, so that we can work through the growing young process to then let the reset button come out, and we have a, a reinvigorated uh, church that is desperately keen to invest in young people, show empathy towards them. Uh, and offer them real opportunities to engage in the gospel. Um, I'm going to tell you it's not rocket science. You know, the stuff, those six core competencies that they speak about in growing young, you read through the book and go, yeah, of course, it makes yeah. complete sense. And, and I can guarantee you that there are people in congregations that would read the book and go, we're doing all of those things. Look at our <laughs> thrift shop. Um, and while I appreciate that they're doing great things for their community in, in the way that they um, have a thrift shop and they might even volunteer in said thrift shop uh, or engaging meals and with all of those things. Marvellous. Everybody needs looking after. Um, we can look after all of the old people and that will be fine. Um, however, I think if we reset our focus and understand that God never set a use by date for us being engaged in the Great Commission, you know, going and, and telling people about Jesus and engaging them, making them disciples. So to that end, while we have breath in our lungs, the opportunity we have is to engage in that and to tell people. And, and look, personal evangelism is scary. It is mm. very scary when you're talking to young people who might say words that you're uncomfortable with, who might, you know, skateboard and, and leave uh, marks on concrete things around your church or, you know, whatever. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't show empathy towards them and care about them. And in fact, even take an interest in what it is they're interested in. Um, I've got a great example, Brayden. I was speaking to someone at a, at a regional meeting of the church, presbytery meeting in the United Church Pilots. And they were telling us about how they had just had their church repainted because it had been graffitied again. They have a really bad graffiti problem in their, their area. And it's I said, probably oh, Newcastle. <laughs> who knows, mate? Yeah. Um, uh, it could be anyone. And they said, you know, when, when they did it this time, they, uh, had, they wrote a word above the door um, that you enter to go into the church. And I said, oh, if you, if you don't mind me asking, what was it? It was hope. Do you think they left it there? Got to paint no. over that. They painted over that straight away. So I said, well, look, how, how about 
I'm sure, as frustrating as that is, and having to pay to get the church repainted, especially the bit above the door, um, mate, maybe, you know, you guys could talk to the, the police. I'm sure they know who some of these young people are, talk to the council, advocate for them, even maybe look at your property. Is there a wall that you could, you know, ostensibly donate and say, hey, we want to run an art competition, design what, how you would paint this? And we'll we'll pay for the paint. We will give you all of the tea and scones that you can stuff down your throat, um, and come and paint the side of our church, or you know, a wall at the supermarket or wherever. Um, is there a way that you can maybe turn around this and support them? Because graffiti is an art, just like anything else. And unfortunately, Brayden, the response I got was, I couldn't possibly fit another art show in. We already have two. It's I've just like, left that. I've left that pause for dramatic effect this far away right they are this far away from getting it yep. and instead of thinking about the other they thought about themselves and that for mine is the challenge that i see the church getting caught on time and time again yeah and i mean i think uh you know at the beginning we i think i acknowledged because today i'll be recording the intro after we've recorded this but i think i will acknowledge <laughs> in the introduction that that i put out a think piece as well uh, you know, everyone's everyone's doing it. Um, I hear it's quite the trend. But some of us now, upon reflection, naively hope that this sort of shifting to digital church and digital community was an opportunity for a reset. And whilst we certainly saw innovation, a lot of that innovation and energy went into simulating church as it was. Yes. In our digital sphere so you know yep. broadcast sermons mailing around pew sheets oh mate if we could have run digital duster hockey i'm sure we would have yeah so so we didn't quite uh we didn't quite realize that opportunity but there is this sense that uh this is a tangible uh because we've got time we've got time mm. we get to control how we re-emerge yes uh, and and we've got willingness and we can see that we can, we've learned that we can pivot and grow. Um, but I think the challenge and, and earlier this week, I shared around in a couple of places, an article by an American um, thought leader in the church, Kerry Newhoff. 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 And, uh, and I think one of these, and he listed some dangers some, that yes. we might face. And the one that, well, the couple that stuck out to me were that innovation will cease. Mm. That we Great. will just return to that. Com it's like when you find your butt groove on the couch, you're like, oh, yep. that's right. Innovation will cease. And that online, that which we've been so reliant on, mm. will return to sort of a novelty or add-on if we have yes. time, if we have energy. And, and those communities that we've connected with and formed will evaporate. Yeah. Those people we met in this world wide web who connected and, and participated but couldn't do that face to face will just fall off the radar. Absolutely. In fact, I was just reflecting on this today, mate, where because I'm new to my gig with the Pulse team, uh, and there were there's only been like really a couple of opportunities for me to get to know who's who in the zoo in a face to face scenario. Um, I'm feeling like I'm languishing a little bit, uh, A, because I'm a people person and relationship is so very important to me. Um, but also B, I actually don't know a whole bunch of young people. 
you know, in, in the synod. So I don't know who to call them or how to engage them or to invite them into something. It would be different if I'd been here for three, five years and people are, oh, that's Mulk. Whether they wrote me off or whatever, at least I would be a known entity and it wouldn't be some creepy old guy inviting them to some online, you know, Facebook TV show. Um, instead, I, I've, I've kind of got to push through that a little bit and go, but there is still time and cut myself some slack. I'm still young in the notion of the synod and how I engage. However, the, the opportunity for the church to think about who do we want to be, not even who do we want to become, but who do we want to be when we return into, you know, congregating again, being in the same place, gathering, um, is absolutely the opportunity for us to, to rethink about how do we engage in the gospel. Because I think for a long time, we have gone to church out of a reflex. And it's been a sincere reflex. It's been a, a, um, a no less important or you know, built on faith opportunity. However, we still go and we still sit in, roughly speaking, the same pew or the same chair in, and expect to hear the same songs. Um, church has become super comfortable. And if you're wanting to engage with people who don't know Jesus, which is absolutely what we have to be about, then we have to think about what that looks like for people who don't know the secret code words to say uh, when the guy up the front or the lady up the front, you know, opens their eyes again after saying words to an invisible person. And then, you know, somebody's offering me a small square of bread and, and a cup of juice. And what do I, what do I do with this? Do you dip one in the other thing? Like if, if, if we're not, and it doesn't mean we don't stop, we stop those traditions. It means that we need to think about how do we engage the other? What does it mean to look at? How do we welcome them in? What does it mean for us to care uh, deeply about the seriousness of the gospel and at the same time engage a young person, remembering that we were all young and we made mistakes and we did stupid stuff as well. So being generous and gracious to them as we swing wide and maybe let go of the things that we've been holding tight for a couple of two years too many. Yeah, mate, that's great. That, that'll preach. I just want to uh, wrap up this uh, trip around mm. the block uh, with a quote from you uh, at the end of this Dangerous. article. Uh, we face the opportunity for a reset that will allow us to enter into a new age of commitment and spiritual practice that will see God's church, and that's a helpful reminder, God's church flourish with love, grace, and hope that will grow a church committed to seeing all people, and particularly young people, be valued, accepted, and encouraged into a lifelong relationship with Jesus Christ. A reset that brings the core message of Jesus back to the front of our thinking, our ministry and proclamation. This is the radical reset we need to take part in. Mate, great words. And, Thank you. and we've really scratched the surface. So uh, listeners, by no means have we uh, covered off everything in there. So do go and check it out and, and be part of the conversation, you know. Um, Yes. Connect on Facebook uh, or circulate this and, and start asking your church leaders, your ministry agents, how are we going to reset? How are we going to uh, live this out? Because none of us were that satisfied uh, back in February, March when this kicked off. Mm. Uh, so we don't need to go back and redeem that. We can boldly march forward. Please. In fact, I'm willing to, to stand next to you while we try and do that. Yeah. Now, uh, Malk, uh, just a little bit of personal business. You and I have yeah. been sort of trailblazing on Facebook. <laughs> we really have. Thursday nights, 8 p.m., calm down. Yes. 
uh, it has meant that we've spent more time with each other than our wives uh, <laughs> during lockdown. Uh, no milk and or French babies in the near future, that's for sure. We are, uh, tonight is episode eight. Eight. And uh, if our audience haven't tuned in, because I don't think I've done too much plugging of it here on the podcast. No, we've been really gentle. Are they going to? Are they going to get any more episodes? Do you reckon it's <laughs> worth them? Like, can we at least guarantee we'll do one on the 28th of May? Yes. Yeah, I great. That, that's our, at this point, our last hurrah. The season okay. finale. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, they are exclusive here on the podcast. Calm down. We'll wind down on the 28th mm-hmm. of May. Um, and But you can also check out uh, previous episodes on uh, the UCA Pulse Mm. Uh, Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash UCA Pulse. Um, there's some yes. terrific uh, gear there. And, mate, it has been a joy uh, doing that with you. And thanks for uh, sharing with us uh, some of your thoughts about the reset and for coming around the block. It's my pleasure, mate. This is the most exercise I've done in 10 weeks. Yeah, time for a drink, eh? Yes. Mm.